the Movement Brainery. Welcome to Thoughtlight, a forum for spotlighting ideas, reflections, or thoughts from physical therapy leaders and thinkers across the world. I'm Seth Peterson of the Movement Brainery, but on this show, you won't always be hearing from me. These thought lights are brief, bite-sized nuggets driven by the guests themselves. Each episode of the show includes information or an idea meant to make you a better clinician, person, or thinker. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Reflect on your last visit with your primary care provider. Just take a minute, close your eyes, and visualize the whole experience. What was it like? Who greeted you first? And how was that interaction? How long did you wait in the waiting room? What type of professional brought you back? And what did that person say or ask you? How long did you wait to see your provider? And how long did each person spend time with you? And after the visit, did you feel your concerns were heard and validated? Did you feel you were taken seriously? Did you feel you were being rushed? And did you feel your provider wanted to help you? Or was there a sense that your provider just wanted to refer you elsewhere? The concept of primary care or general practice healthcare, where someone in need of medical care has a consistent and reliable first point of contact, dates back centuries, if not millennia. Over the past 100 years, we've seen a tremendous shift in what primary care looks like. What used to be a physician who was well-integrated in their community, who knew the patients and families they served, often facilitating home visits visits to provide care, is now often a very brief interaction with a care professional who knows little about you, your life, and your family, and often consists of a sterile and protocolized visit, characterized by insurance criteria and checking boxes. Patients, including myself, often walk away from primary care visits feeling they were rushed, unheard, and ultimately that their problems were just deferred to someone else. All of this is happening amidst an extremely strained medical system with an exceptionally high rate of provider burnout, which has unfortunately created a scenario where there simply are not enough qualified professionals, not enough time, and not enough money to establish trusting relationships and provide quality care. This primary care problem that I'm discussing has been identified as early as the post-war era in the 1940s. Most physicians were turning to specialties, and few wanted to pursue general practice, leading to the formation of the 20th medical specialty in family medicine. Internal medicine, pediatrics, and geriatrics soon followed to help assist the gap in general practice access to care. For several decades thereafter, physician-led primary care was offered in small, community-based, independent clinics, but the model of care was paternalistic, and void of patient-centeredness. The concept of following doctor's orders without question was prevalent, and access to primary care for minority groups and underserved populations was substandard and limited. Now, in 2023, it is obvious that this problem continues on a downward spiral. Many patients who don't understand the complexity of the system may think their physicians and healthcare professionals just don't care anymore, or that they're selfishly keeping volume high in order to line their pockets with extra cash. I'm here to tell you that this is far from the truth, that your physicians and healthcare providers do care very much, but they're often given impossible work conditions that are promoting compassion fatigue, accelerating burnout, 
and leading to providers leaving healthcare in droves. In 2022, several alarming reports found that approximately 200,000 healthcare providers had left the industry over the previous year. One year! And future reports note physician shortages of nearly 140,000 by 2033, and even more concerning for primary care, a shortage of 55,000 primary care physicians by 2025. That's just two years from now. This problem is not exclusive to physicians. Physical therapists, myself included, and many other healthcare specialists are reporting all the same problems. A top-down dictation by healthcare system administrators and insurance companies of see more patients, do more documentation, check more boxes, justify this, we're denying that, amidst less assistance and resources and worsening pay. In many circumstances, our hands are tied. What can we do if we want to remain employed? Meanwhile, patients are confused, in pain, getting sicker, waiting longer, paying too much, and it only continues to worsen. I am tired. We are tired. You're hearing the voice of a board-certified orthopedic physical therapist with extensive experience in the primary care space. My name is Dr. Katie Obrey, owner of Redefine Health Education, and I'm here to tell you how team-based integration in the primary care space can and will be a transformational solution to the primary care and population health problem. In 2014, I started my first job out of DPT school as an active duty U.S. Army physical therapist. I was assigned to a medical clinic in Fort Sill, Oklahoma, and my boss at the time, for some unknown reason, entrusted me with the role of being the embedded physical therapist in a soldier-centered medical home. The concept of the patient-centered medical home, or PCMH, has been around for about a decade prior to this. But for those unfamiliar with this concept, the PCMH is a comprehensive, multidisciplinary primary care center that serves to address the large majority of a patient's needs from wellness and prevention to acute and chronic condition management, a one-stop shop, if you will, which is actually really nice. In this setting, I had the unique opportunity to be surrounded by care professionals who were unlike me, physicians, PAs, nurses and nurse practitioners, and a behavioral health provider. We also had across the hallway access to clinical pharmacy, pathology, and radiology. My day-to-day patient care routine and mindset was leveraged by the rich discussions and collaborative efforts that took place across across a variety of disciplines, which was truly fostered by that co-location. It seems silly, but we've all seen this. Even being in a clinic across the hallway creates a barrier to collaboration. Co-location, although not necessary and not always possible in a lot of cases, is truly ideal. In the PCMH setting, I feel I was able to provide more efficient, collaborative, and focused care to my, to my patients right when they came in with a problem. No barriers, no additional appointments at separate clinics, no excessive wait times. It was, across the board, awesome for all parties involved. Since then, I've had other opportunities one in a large academic cancer center and several in outpatient physical therapy private practices, one of which was a team-based sports medicine clinic. I also had my own cash-based private practice. So I think it's fair to say at this point, with the exception of the acute care setting, I've seen and done it all. On the receiving end of healthcare, even as a seemingly fit 33-year-old, I have also had a slew of personal health problems, ranging from autoimmune to cardiac to orthopedic, 
in which I have needed to consult with a variety of primary and specialty care professionals. What I have consistently found on both the providing and receiving ends of healthcare is broken communication, patient confusion, unnecessary delays in care, and a general sense of being brushed off. This circumstance is both unnecessary and unacceptable and can at least in part be relieved by team-based primary care. So now onto the core of this platform, for those that are still with me, of course. I'm sure there's people that have dropped off. What is team-based primary care? And what does that look like for a patient? And what is the physical therapist's role here? I'll start by highlighting the definition of primary care physical therapy, which was developed and adopted by the APTA's primary care special interest group. Unlike many former definitions, uh, which allude to primary care PT being synonymous solely with direct access, this definition captures the multi-systems expertise outside of an episodic model. So without further ado, the primary care physical therapist has clinical competence and knowledge across the body systems, across multiple specialty areas, and across the lifespan. lifespan. When compared to a traditional outpatient physical therapist, the primary care physical therapist has advanced skill and efficiency in medical screening, disease screening, as well as psychosocial screening, like complex pain behaviors, social determinants of health and associated impact, recognition and referral for psychological health conditions, and demonstrates advanced ability to effectively and safely coordinate care, usually in a team. The primary care specialist demonstrates system-based practice with advanced awareness of and responsibility to population health and systems of healthcare. This knowledge allows the specialist to optimally promote health, prevent disease, and promote efficient use of system resources in providing patient care, again, usually amongst a team. The primary care specialist has advanced knowledge and ability to incorporate principles of population health, epidemiology, and chronic disease management to promote lifespan care across the continuum. A specialized knowledge that is unique to the specialist is practicing outside of that traditional episodic model. So now that I've gone through the definition and we understand that primary care physical therapy is not synonymous with direct access, which really just means you can see a patient without a referral, allow me to share real, three real life cases, of course, with entirely fictional names. Introducing our first patient, Dr. Mike Stevens, who is a 51 year old male in a very small town in rural Kansas. He's, only, he's the only full-time pediatrician in a small county hospital. One week ago, he was diagnosed, unfortunately, with stage two prostate cancer and has not yet started treatment pending further tests. He was told that it is looking likely that he will need both chemotherapy and radiation, which will prove to be a tremendous hardship given that the cancer center is three hours away. He makes an appointment with his primary care physician who happens to offer a team-based care model because he's having low back and hip pain. He also needs to refill his blood pressure and statin medications. He meets with his primary care physician, Dr. Q, who quickly identifies that this patient seems stressed down and frustrated by the recent cancer diagnosis and is also in a moderate level of pain. After his assessment and conversation with his patient, Dr. Q places his medication refills and asks the patient's permission to invite the primary care physical therapist and behaviorist into the session today to assess and provide their input. The patient agrees, and Dr. Q proceeds to huddle, uh, meaning just kind of get together and, and talk about things, with the primary care PT and behaviorist to describe his findings and concerns. 
the primary care physical therapist, Dr. O, comes in to evaluate, and with her multi-systems knowledge, is able to provide the patient not only with helpful strategies to manage what seems to be a mechanical hip issue, perhaps influenced by the location of the prostate tumor, but also to educate the patient on the complex nature of the pain experience, which is often intensified in periods of high stress. She is also able to educate the patient on what to expect physically from cancer treatments and offer the physical therapist and offers the physical therapist's role in helping to manage those side effects as well. Dr. O's skillful, reassuring, and empathetic presence is meaningful to Mike and feels better, and he feels better than when he came in. Dr. O then grabs Dr. P, a primary care psychologist, who comes in to perform a brief mental health evaluation. He he validates the patient's experience and then offers his services for acute and ongoing care to support that patient through his cancer treatment journey. Dr. Mike leaves his 90-minute appointment feeling validated and hopeful, knowing that he has a supportive and accessible primary care team on his side. Our second patient is Jessie Jones, a 23-year-old female architecture student living in a large urban metropolitan area. She has not had a consistent primary care relationship since starting college, but she does have a history of pelvic pain. She is not obese, has normal vitals, and has no other medical concerns. She comes to the University Health Clinic, which happens to offer a team-based model, for an acute episode of dizziness and spinning. The triage nurse performs a screen and, based on the clinic's triage pathways, consults the physical therapist as as this appears to be uh, potentially benign paroxysmal positional vertigo, BPPV. The physical therapist comes in, performs the appropriate evaluation, confirms BPPV, and is able to perform an immediate canalith repositioning maneuver. After the treatment, the patient is symptom-free. The PT educates Jesse on how and why, uh, how, why, and what that this took place, then brings in the primary care physician to explain what occurred in the event that this patient sees her next time. As a team, they encourage the patient to follow up with any recurrence and create a welcome space for her to pursue other care that she may need in the future. Our final case is Tim Tyler, a 64-year-old male retired from a long career in legal compliance. He has chronic asthma, and over the last year, he's had two flare-ups requiring in-office nebulizer treatments. He continues to struggle with a chronic cough and mild shortness of breath with moderate workloads. He has a BMI of 32, takes lisinopril for his slightly high blood pressure, uh, but has no other significant medical history. He comes in with his primary care to the primary care clinic for his annual visit and notes his struggle with this chronic cough. He explains to his doctor, Dr. T, that although his pulmonologist has been monitoring him and his medications, he's still bothered by the limitation that the wheezing and shortness of breath causes when he is trying to exercise or enjoy his hobbies. His doctor knows that the on-site primary care physical therapist is skilled in treating pulmonary conditions like this and decides to bring him in. The primary care physical therapist, Dr. J, performs an evaluation and finds that in addition to his medications, Tim may benefit from from respiratory muscle training, shoulder strengthening, and thoracic extension exercises to open up that lung cavity, as well as weight loss. He initiates a brief plan of care, and six weeks later, the patient has doubled his six-minute walk distance without desaturation and with only minimal symptoms. He has also lost five pounds with the help of a primary care dietitian, who Dr. J recommended. As I've attempted to demonstrate with these cases, 
It is clear that integrating a multi-system skilled physical therapist into a team-based primary care practice not only improves immediate access to care, to necessary care and expertise, but also adds richness to the patient experience and the clinical operation as a whole. There are many team-based primary care practices that have physical therapists all across the country, including Bellin Health in Northeast Wisconsin, Providence and Samaritan Health Systems in the Northwest, University of Southern California, and many in the forward-thinking employer-sponsored hybrid digital health companies like Marathon, Aware, Eden, and Anywhere Healthcare. There are also private practice collaboration efforts where a private PT practice situates a PT in a private family medicine practice. This is becoming especially more common amongst direct primary care clinics. Take a look at that. Um, If you want to know more about where your direct primary care clinics are in your area, head over to dpcfrontier.com. So yes, it is happening. And no, it's not limited just to the military and VA. To learn more about each operation, check out my podcast, the Redefine Health Ed podcast, Primary Care Series, which is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. And join the APTA Primary Care Special Interest Group. We want you. Just go to aptafederal.org slash primary dash care to join. And if you really want to learn more and have a chance to dive headfirst into primary care PT, join us for the first annual Primary Care PT Summit and Think Tank, sponsored by the Primary Care SIG. It's September 30th, 2023 at Baylor University in Waco, Texas. We'll have some clinical topics in the morning and then think tank breakout sessions in the afternoon where you'll have the opportunity to problem solve implementation strategies with work group experts who match your care setting. I'll part by saying this. We have no time for red tape. I have no tolerance for pumping the brakes Due to questions like PTs, are RPTs qualified? Are we allowed to do this or that? And how can we get paid? Doctors of physical therapy are more than qualified. And we already have examples of how this is happening and how effective this model of care is. Don't let what you think might be a barrier be an actual barrier. The future is team-based primary care. And the time is now. No excuses. If you want to learn more beyond that, Um, but you feel the need to brush up on your multi-system skill set, check out our course offerings at www.redefinehealthed.com. I teach a primary care PT hands-on workshop, which will challenge your medical screening and multi-systems management skill set. And my partner teaches a musculoskeletal imaging certification. We also have a new rheumatology course and other special topics coming soon. Stay connected on social media at Redefine Health Ed, and don't ever hesitate to reach out to me at info at redefinehealthed.com. That's it for today's show. Thanks for listening. And I would really appreciate it if you could take just two seconds to leave a review down below and share this episode with someone you know. Also, the Movement Brainery is hosting courses online and in person this year punch over to themovementbrainery.com and check us out or join our Facebook community, Mindful Clinicians. Thanks for listening. Stay strong.